values, and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks so much. Appreciate you spending some time with us on the show. Uh, I am in New York City until Wednesday. I'm doing some shows with CNN again, um, and uh, it's, it's fun to do. It's fun to have these conversations, and it's fun to be in New York City, although it's very, very cold. So if you want to tune in, I'll be on CNN tonight in Arizona time. It's 8 to 10 p.m. Arizona time. I'm not sure which hour I'll be on. They won't know that until they put the people together on the panels, but I'll make sure I put it up on social media if you're interested. Um, talked about this earlier about inflation. It's been my um, it has been my opinion that the number one issue within the White House has been climate change, that nothing else is more important in the minds of this administration than climate change. And there is a story written about this one expert issued a stark warning um, indicating that climate change is being prioritized over what many critics call energy security. Um, It is a national security issue. It's a cost issue. It's all these other things. Working families should not be footing the bill for the climate agenda of of the president. And that's exactly in in part what's happening. Um, I've been very fair. I've been very clear. I don't think that anything is 100% the president's fault or within the president's control. But there are things that the president can do with policies that affect things. And one of them going after the oil companies, one of the negative effects of going after the oil companies is we see the reduction in production. We see uh, a lot of things changing where we were energy independent at one point and the world knew it. And gas was under $3 a gallon. We had a seat at the table. We weren't beholden the nations that would love to see, if not our total demise as a country, but certainly our economic demise. There are a lot of people out there that would love to see us taken down a peg or two. And one of the ways they do that is what they do with our economy are these kinds of things. And if you don't think that that is happening, then you're not paying attention. And having the ability to say we have we can do whatever we want. And that's and the false narrative of the 9000 oil leases, the White House very quietly last week admitted that that was a false narrative, that that was not yet the the, the truth, that that was not the truth. Um, The stories about what it's doing to um, to tack what it's doing to governments. And that's the other part of it. Scottsdale has got voter approved issues through bond through bond issues where they um, they have projects are one hundred and fifteen million dollars over budget. And the city of Scottsdale doesn't know what it's going to do. This is, again, a micro. This is such an explainer of what businesses are going through. What are we going to do? How are we going to remain profitable when our costs continue to go up like this? There needs to be some policy shifts. Now, the White House has indicated a couple of times in recent weeks. I think they are starting to see the handwriting on the wall. We're going to get back into the crime stuff later as well. But how they've changed their opinion on fighting crime. The White House came out and said that we're not we are not dealing with this bill in Washington, D.C. that would would reduce punishments for criminals. We're not doing it. The pendulum is starting to swing in the other direction. And when it comes to some of these things, the, the, the administration is going to have to do something about it. There's no doubt about it. In Alaska, you've got Senator Murkowski and, and others who are petitioning in Washington, D.C., are saying, listen, you've got to drill. We're talking native groups. Now, if you, when you think about environmentalism, if you think about some of the battles we've had in mining in Arizona, a lot of the Native American groups – are against some of the mining issues. They say that they're bad, and and uh, I don't want to even fight the fight, whether it is or it isn't. But you've got now native groups in in Alaska 
asking the White House. Um, Native leaders from across the state and a unanimous resolution from the Alaska legislature in favor of the Willow Project permit for the National Petroleum Reserve in Alaska. By Friday, environmental groups had arrived from across the country to work their inside connections with the Biden administration, hoping to deny Alaskans this critical energy infrastructure. The opponents of the Willow Project call it a carbon bomb. But the people of Alaska, including many native groups, are saying, no, 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 this is necessary for our economy. And this is where you I just think we have to face the facts. The world is still beholden to natural resources and carbon uh, and I'm sorry, and fossil fuels. And this this move and this push to go in another direction it also has its issues, and those will be coming up soon. And I will tell you that the environmental groups that don't like fracking and they don't like drilling for oil and they don't like refining oil and they don't like pipelines are the very same groups that will be fighting the mines for lithium and for other things that go into these batteries because that will be the next environmental fight that they put up. You can agree or disagree with them, but we know that that's coming. So here we are dealing with extreme inflation, and part of that inflation here uh, in the states is in the, in the White House touts how much gasoline is a dollar cheaper a gallon and maybe even more than it was a year ago, but it's still much higher than it was before you took office. And the policies of this administration connect directly to a lot of that. They have to understand – I know they do understand it behind the scenes, but what gets done? What's happening in Scottsdale? This, these numbers are incredible. Uh, the officials tasked with fixing this city of Scottsdale Council wanted here's some of the things the entire board um, said the entire bond program is roughly one hundred and fifteen million dollars over budget. That's thirty six percent more than originally forecast to the community to the Scottsdale community. They want to build a new fire and police training compound and the cost is thirteen million dollars more than estimated thirteen million more than estimated. Upgrades to the theater in Scottsdale Center for the Performing Arts. Um, it was a $1.2 million. It will now cost $6.4 million. That's a 432% hike in the cost. Upgrades to the 911 Computer Assisted Dispatch and Record Management System will cost over a million dollars, nearly twice as much as the voters approved. Westworld, they want to uh, expand the horse barns to have more rentable space. It's going to cost $12 million or 150% more than expected. Building new swimming pools is going to cost $16 million more than expected or 50, uh, 52% increase. So the city is struggling with inflation just like everybody else is. And I'm sure that the budgets across the board are like that. But if it's happening in government, if inflation is causing this, then why are not why aren't the governments looking at this and saying, if it's happening to us, if it's this is what's happening to us, what about the people whose income we tax, we take their money to pay for these things? I wonder what's happening in their business. I wonder what's happening in their household. So we hear all the anecdotal things about how food prices have gone up this much and this much for eggs and for milk and for all these other things. But here is a very big picture of what it's doing to a city. You can pl- plug and play that with a business. You could do the same thing with a household. And it's getting out of hand. It is getting absolutely out of hand. We got to talk about the border because there are a couple of big stories of what's happening at the southern border still, and not just the southern border, but also the northern border. We're going to get to that coming up here in just a moment as well. 
values, and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks for being here. Appreciate you, as always, spending some time with the show. Going to invite you one more time. If you want to enter a great contest, you can win lower-level tickets to see Kevin Durant in his first home game as a Phoenix Suns player. It's happening Wednesday when they take on the Thunder. You could win two tickets, or you could win tickets and two KD jerseys. Just text the, the letters KD to 411923. That's KD to 411923. Now that would be a cool prize to win. Um, let I want to. There's some good news. Uh, some things happening at the border as policy changes by the Biden administration to exclude groups and have an asylum program or what they're calling a parole program. They say is dramatically uh, lowered encounters in Yuma. Uh, it's clear that the U.S. immigration policies affect migratory flows, although how direct those impacts are up for debate. Um, uh, Title 42 is going to end. What's going to happen then? It said it was Title 42 that created an influx of individuals in Yuma in the first place. So here's what the, 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 the two points on this are. There are a group of people that are saying Title 42 was kind of a, re- a way to have people remain in Mexico or stay out of the U.S. because of the pandemic. Well, that's getting ready to end. So Title 42 will no longer be a legal reason in the U.S. to keep somebody from applying for asylum here in the U.S. They are saying that the reason why we're seeing such an influx of people is because of Title 42. And I just think that we have got to do a better job. Uh, the the conversation about the U.S. border is a conversation that we should have had a long time ago. The other story, which is interesting, this is this is a Wall Street Journal story. A stretch of the Canadian border bustles with migrants. Officials for U.S. and Canada encountered unprecedented numbers. So are we seeing a shift? It's very possible that we are. And we know that the cartels are making so much money doing what they're doing that they are – um, always changing their tactics. It's part of the reason why I'm not a big fan of the governor's new policy of saying we're going to bus and fly people wherever they want to go. I think it makes Arizona, it incentivizes people to come through Arizona. Um, but we have a bigger issue because the drug cartels, I, I say drug cartels, but the cartels are using human traffic for two reasons. One is a big money maker, but number two, drugs. They're either forcing them into muling drugs themselves or they're using them as a distraction. And we look at what's happening in our ports of entry where so much of this fentanyl, so much of this poison is coming into the country. And instead of us looking at real solutions and, and – I am not inhumane, and I'm certainly not um, ignorant to the plight of people that want to come to this country. We do need to fix our immigration system, but convoluting border security with immigration is a bad idea. Border security involves more than just whether or not we are fairly treating people or allowing people to come in to apply for asylum. Border security is a national security issue. How many people have crossed in this country on the terror watch list in the midst of all of this? We keep talking about the asylum seekers that are presenting themselves at the border and saying we want entrance to the U.S. because of uh, we're political refugees and they're put on this list millions of people long to get hearings to stay in the country. What about the gotaways? And that's what they call them, gotaways. What about the people that evaded capture? What about the people that snuck in? 
We are doing so much in this country with lack of border security and trying to stick on that issue. We know that if they can bring in drugs, and they do, they can bring in other things. People on the terror watch list, dangerous people. We know people have come into this country expressly to commit crimes in America. We have enough of a criminal element in our own country that we shouldn't be importing criminals. That's a border security issue, and and all of it goes back to that critical um, – I would say it's a sovereignty issue that we have to protect and have the world know that we are not going to tolerate it. Look what happened with when the president changed his policy, when the president reversed course and said to these groups of people, we're only going to let so many in. Whether you agree with doing it or not, we're only going to allow so many people in per month that stop the flow coming in. There's got to be other ways to fix our immigration system, and a lot of it does need to be fixed. But everybody should be committed to border security. I know this is a dumb illustration, but for the State of the Union address, they put a fence around the Capitol building. Well, because it works. You know, does that mean that they that they, they hate Americans? No, what it means is you've got the entire United States government in one room, or at least the vast majority of them, in one room. You've got the executive branch, you've got the judicial branch, and you've got the legislative branch all in the same room for an event. It's probably a good idea to have big security. Well, we know with what's happening at our border that there's the number one killer of young people in the U.S. is fentanyl. And the vast majority of fentanyl is coming through Arizona, but through the southern border of the United States, and many times they're coming through the ports of entry. Why are we not redoubling our efforts to stop this poison into our country? Well, we can't. We don't have the funds for it right now. These are the stories. These are the issues that we should be taking a lot more seriously, a lot more seriously. And when we don't, when we don't take it seriously enough, this is what we see happen. So you're hearing people that want to try to politically defend what's being done by saying, well, the reason why we saw this huge flow of people coming into the country during the Biden administration was because the, the, the log jam was caused by the people on the other side of the border waiting for Trump to get out of office because Trump wouldn't allow them in. They wouldn't have all come in like this if they had been standing there waiting. Well, if they knew they were never going to come in, they wouldn't wait. They would find a legal remedy. We need to be a benevolent nation. We should be a nation of asylum and refuge. But we should do it the right way, and we're not. And it's costing Americans. It's costing the people that are coming here. And I've said it before, and I'll say, I'll keep saying it till it changes. The number one group, the only people that are benefiting from this are the cartels. Everybody else loses. The Americans lose. The people that are being trafficked lose. Everybody loses except the cartels. And we are doing nothing to fix that problem. The vice president is absolutely absent on the issue. A couple of stories about education have been going on. One in the Washington Elementary School District, and now the Scottsdale Unified School District. Just when I had good news about Scottsdale and how their learning is going up, oh, there's a teacher that got caught on film watching inappropriate things in front of students. What should happen to that teacher? We're going to talk about all of it next. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. 
had this conversation a little earlier, but it's worth repeating and going back to it. And I, I think that all people should be concerned about this. There are certain issues that I think where, where if you look at the spectrum politically, it, it, it straddles that line of left and right. It is about right and wrong. Uh, I think we all would agree that there is a teacher shortage in the state of Arizona. As a matter of fact, some of the statistics say it's about a 25 percent across the board. Some districts more, some districts less. But that's a pretty significant number of teachers that we have as a shortage. So what is it we're going to do to attract teachers? Paying them? Yes, absolutely. We should be doing that. But allowing them to teach the subjects that they lo- that they are trained for? Yeah, that, I, that to me is a no-brainer. To think that this is just a money issue and to treat it from one side is wrong. That I know a lot of teachers. I talk with teachers often. And teachers are not happy with a lot of the things that they must do during the school day that gets in the way of teaching the subjects that they're trained for. But we also talk about behavior. So we're addressing this issue. And I've been a little heated over this because it makes me crazy. Um, It is so odd to me. There is a school board member in the Washington Elementary School District. uh, Well, they voted unanimously. They voted to get rid of Arizona Christian University. Um, But it was one school board member in particular who questioned uh, that thought it was a bad idea at a February 23rd meeting. Members joined Tamilia, I think is how you pronounce it, Valenzuela, in expressing their opposition to having a pro-family Christian teachers in the Washington Elementary School District. Now, they talk about equity and diversity, and it's such those – that phrase, equity and diversity, is such a false narrative because it isn't equity and it isn't diversity. It is we want people like us. You are no different. You are no different than the people you despise. You're just the opposite side of the same coin. You, for years, said the Christian right in America wants to get rid of us and silence our voices, and they don't want us to have jobs, and they don't want us to work in the public sector. They want us to stay in hiding about our life. They want us to stay, and I don't want to say lifestyle, because that, you know, again, that's, maybe it's not a lifestyle, it's their life. They want us to hide who we really are. Don't ask, don't tell in the military, and all these other things, and that's wrong. The Christian right shouldn't be able to dictate that in our lives. We have as much right to this room as you do. And the country largely agreed with you. It took time, but they largely agreed with you. Now, that same Christian right is being excluded. They're being thrown out at a time when there's a teacher shortage. 32 schools in the Phoenix and Glendale areas that make up the Washington Elementary School District. I had good news from Scottsdale. Scottsdale uh, Unified School District instruction costs have dipped. Their costs have gone down, but they're saying there's a slight dip in instruction spending in the line with the trend. Over half of the state's districts allocate a smaller portion of the increased operation spendings to instruction than in prior years. Um, that's that's fancy words for not as many dollars into the classroom, by the way. Um, Scottsdale Unified School District spent 56.7% of its money on instruction in the 2021 school year. That dropped to 54.1 or 2.6%, and it's also lower than the state average. But they've seen that they have their test scores are improving. So we are seeing improvement in Scottsdale schools. That's good. That's really good to hear. We also are seeing big changes in the school board. But there's also a story that a PE teacher in the Scottsdale Unified School District was caught watching inappropriate things on his phone and filmed by two students doing it. This is this is my biggest question overall. 
You got an elementary school district now talking about they want to be fair to the LGBTQ community that's in their classrooms, that are in their staff, that is in their families. And so that's why they're making the decision they made. So why is that the priority? What is it? Can anybody out there think of another adult that um, would be able to talk to your children or sexualize your children? I don't know how else to put it. I don't think they want to have sex with kids. I want to be clear about this. I don't go down the road to the extreme. I don't believe that LGBTQ plus staff in a school are grooming kids to have sex with them. But I certainly do think that they are using their politics as a way to get to kids and get them when they're while they're young. And and I just I, I think that morality should be left to the parents at home. You may not agree with the morality at home, but it's none of your business. It's not your child. We should be teaching kids to read and write. And let them figure it out. I mean, I don't know. Maybe a, call me old fashioned. Call me old school. But I learned to read at a young age. I figure things out. And I have, again, I've got kids that read very well. They don't agree with me on a lot of issues. They figured it out for themselves. But the idea that if you go to a doctor, when you go to a doctor, um, parents got to be in the room for the most part, I think. You know, if you're going to get an exam, if a, if a woman is going to go in for an annual exam, it doesn't have to be a chaperone in the room when the kid's in the room. I, I just there's not another there's not another place. I, like I said before, I'm very close with my brother and his children. My nieces and my nephew are I, I love them. They are they are just such a huge part of my life, and they're older now. But you know, there was a time my my youngest my nephew is the youngest. He's a freshman in high school, but from when they were babies. I can't even imagine a scenario of what my brother and my sister-in-law would do if I talked about sexual things with them, if I gave them some of the books that are available to them, if I said some of the things that have been said to students in schools. What makes it uniquely okay when it's done in an educational setting? It isn't okay. It's never okay. But you couple into that, instead of the politics of it, you tell me, let's go back to the original question, the original point. There is a 25% shortage of teachers across the state of Arizona. You have got young men and women that are going to Arizona Christian University to be teachers. Part of that teaching is classroom experience in the Washington Elementary School District. It benefits their education. It makes them better. And it also benefits the school district because it's more people in the classroom that are getting their hands-on training that will be teachers someday. Now, are they going to be prejudiced against these teachers when they come out of Arizona Christian University? If you are a – if and I, this is a great question for their next meeting. If – you are doing this now with students at Arizona Christian University. You know, Grand Canyon University is another one that has Christian ethics in it. And there are other schools as well. But um, are you going to then have students that went to Grand or to uh, Arizona Christian University? Are you going to have those now teachers come and apply for a job in your district? And you're going to see where they went to school and say, nope, we're not going to hire that teacher. I, this is a, that's a valid question. You won't let them volunteer in the classroom as part of their education. Will you hire them as teachers when they're qualified with your teacher shortage? If you – and I will say in the end, the last thing I'm going to say on this topic is – 
we get the leadership we deserve because we elect them. If you don't, as a parent, see how important it is to know who you're electing to school boards, if you don't know who those people are and you see the decisions they're making now, you get the leadership you deserve. The legislature can make all of the laws on the in the world unless you are electing leadership that leads those school districts, unless you are in part of that. You get the leadership you deserve. We all do. We know who our president is. We know who our senators are. Most of us know who our our congressional representation is. Maybe in the legislature we know who some of those are. We have no clue who's on our school boards. Now you're seeing why it's important. And if you think this is acceptable, keep them in that position. Keep them there. If you don't think it's acceptable, do something about it. You have the power. You can vote them out. Coming up in just a moment, we're going to talk about uh, complaints now about the governor being circumvented. The governor's power is being circumvented. I'll tell you what people are saying and coming up in just a couple of moments. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. I think this is one of the most fascinating stories I've read in a while. This is an an opinion piece, an op-ed piece that was written into AZ Central. And the headline says how Arizonans Republican lawmakers are using you to get around Governor Katie Hobbs. Um, This is about propositions. I love this because I hate our propositional form of government in Arizona. Whether I like it or I don't like whatever the issue is, this is the laziest form of government. And now you've got somebody – now that you've got a Democrat in the office of governor, you've got people on her side of the aisle complaining that the Republicans are sending ballot initiatives to the general public to vote on, and the governor has no say. Because if you can get it through the House and the Senate, it goes on the ballot. The governor doesn't have to sign it. So – They're complaining about a couple of different things. One of them is changing the citizens' initiative and referendum processes, cutting the state income tax rates for any year following one in which there is a budget surplus. And then he said this one, the the writer says, this one's a real beauty. It would eliminate early voting and excuse excuse free voting by mail and excuse free voting by mail. So listen, this is what's funny about this. These things go on the ballot. The people of Arizona are going to get a vote on this. And if they're successful, it alters the Constitution where it takes a two-thirds majority of both the House and the Senate to override or alter it. So we have the same thing every year with education. Now we bump up against that expenditure limitation, and we've done it now the last two years in a row, and the legislature has overridden it. But it has to happen now every year, and the only way you can get that out of there is with another ballot initiative for the people to vote on. I think propositions are the laziest form of government. It's raw democracy. It is terrible. And isn't it funny now how politics make strange bedfellows? Now you've got people on the other side of the aisle. Where were, where were all of these people when it was the other way around, when it was Republicans in the legislature and a Republican governor, and they were running initiatives? Where was the complaint then? Where was the complaint? And the answer is there wasn't one. But now you see. And I'm telling you that we have got to – there are growing pains everywhere. When a company gets bigger and bigger – 
There are growing pains. It's why consultants get paid so much money to help companies move along. You know, when you have a franchise or if you franchise your business and all of a sudden you have a, 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 a something that people desperately want, those growing pains are real. Well, Arizona's got some growing pains. We still, we're a major metropolitan area now, but it wasn't this way when I moved here 28 years ago. And part of it is running it like a small town like this. I think Phoenix should have a strong mayor system. That's just my personal belief. I think a big city should have that. Nothing against a city manager, but we're not a small town anymore. We should have a strong mayor system as a chief executive and a city council, and the whole process should be that way. That's just my opinion. But when it comes to this, when it comes to this stuff, I find it immensely entertaining because here you have raw democracy which most people agree is horrible so when i'm you know i'm just that that uh that symbol that's clanging in the distance when it's republicans in charge now you've got a democrat who's been in office for a few months and already people are saying you're you're going around the governor that's not the way this is supposed to be they weren't complaining and now all of a sudden they're on my side I think we need to get rid of our propositional form of government. It does not silence the voters. You elect your legislators, and we should live with the people we elect. And when we elect bad legislators and they make bad laws, we should elect different legislators. We should not be a lazy electorate, and these things make for a lazy electorate. Not only that, but you know, again, I could care less. I couldn't possibly care less about the marijuana issue. It doesn't affect my life at all. And I know that's selfish that I should care even though it doesn't affect me. I don't smoke it. I never have. I don't eat edibles. I never have. But I don't care if you do. None of my business. Um, But when the legalization process was coming through and it was being done by ballot initiative, the the medical marijuana issue was a joke. It was an absolute joke. So they got it passed through. They told everybody, listen – It's not going to be like the other states. We're not going to have a handful of doctors uh, passing out these marijuana cards to hacky sack playing students at ASU. This is going to be a real medicinal value in all of this. We're not going to do things that way. And as soon as it got passed, it's exactly what they did. They changed the rules. You don't believe me? Look it up. Originally, you were going to have to have a standing relationship with a doctor for two years before that doctor could recommend to you you to use medical marijuana. Once the law passed, you know how they changed it? They said, you know, that's not fair. If you have a brand new issue, you shouldn't have to wait two years to get relief. And they changed it. We also know that money came in from outside of Arizona, the lobby. And the lobbyists that love the legalization of marijuana everywhere, so every state that was trying to pass a law, they poured millions into that law so it would be more popular and more likely to pass in another state. So you've got outside influences coming into Arizona. Our propositional form of government is a terrible way to run a government. And here's somebody now on the other side of the political aisle, assuming the other side of the aisle based on what they're saying here, that agrees with me. We should not be a lazy electorate, and we have been so far. And uh, I hope it changes. I just hope that it's going to change. Just after 11 o'clock, um, we're going to go back to the uh, crime topic. More and more leaders, uh, Democrat leaders, are saying we need to be tough on crime. Is the message getting through? Are we starting to see that happen? We'll talk about it all next.